Blog Talk Radio. everyone. This is Marty Oakley of the PPJ Gazette Online, and this is the TS Radio Network. It's April 16th, 2021, and we are still fighting the guardianship battle. Tonight, um, Kaz has taken the night off. She has some family business to tend to, and joining me as a co-host, which this lady has been invaluable to us for stepping in when we need someone, is Elaine Mickman. Say hello, Elaine. Hi, Marty. Hello, everyone. Glad to be here. Glad to fill in. <laughs> yeah, I was glad to have you, too. It's it's nice to know you're there. Um, Elaine, we're going to be covering a lot of things. Oh, before I get rolling, uh, just a reminder, these shows are all brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit taking place in Washington, D.C. every year. This year, it will be on video again because of this faked-up virus uh, July 31st or 29th through the 31st and um, so everything will be available online you won't have to travel won't have to get a hotel room won't have to do nothing of course we're not going to get to meet you then either uh, Elaine the year I met you at the summit I had people uh, I swear it was one of the most humbling things I ever had happen people from 17 states drove or flew or whatever to get there to meet me in person people yeah. who were all affected mm-hmm. by these corrupt courts by, you know, their family member being abducted, uh, the estate stolen, kids taken from their families because they're worth a fortune in foster care. And it just really, like I say, was a very, very humbling experience for me. Yeah. I never anticipated that. But that's where we met you. That's right. <laughs> I'm, one of, I'm one of those people. Yep, I'm one of those yes. people who came from Pennsylvania to meet you and and Kaz and see what it was yep. all about. And, and gee, I was really disappointed last summer, and I'm even more disappointed this summer that it's not in person as well. Because it's just a different yeah. experience when you're there in yes. person. Yes. And, you know, I keep telling people, it's a, it's free to the public. You can come in and come into any part of this. But the thing is, for for those of us involved in these issues, whether you're an activist, an advocate, an activist, and an advocate, whatever the label you're operating under, whatever your issue, it is a place to go to network with other people who are suffering the same harm and damages um, that you are, but maybe for a whole different reason. And... But networking and finding out what they're doing that works, what doesn't, who to talk to, who to avoid, um, what they've done that's drawn attention to their issue, their project. It's really a learning experience all the way around. And plus, uh, the new film festival now that they have every year, Marcel had finally gotten that put together um, year before last. And she... Um, 
organize this film festival, which occurs the, actually the day after the summit itself ends, but it's all day long of all these documentaries put out by whistleblowers, and it's it's quite an event. But anyway, we have made some wonderful contacts out there, and we've made some tremendous enemies, as you might well suspect. But yeah, I wouldn't trade the experience for anything in the world. Uh, yeah, it really has. Pro- and, and Marty, they made some progress by getting some of those movies out to the public. You know, re- you know, yes. there's at least something out there. Listen, we had the, the one on, um, well, the Netflix one with the documentary, and then we had the other yeah. one just two months ago, the uh, I Care A Lot one. Uh, so at least it's yeah. getting out there. You know, yes, it's something. Well, it, it may not. Netflix mm-hmm. pulled down the Guardians Inc. episode yeah. off of uh, Dirty Money. Um, they were suing the attorney listed in there as having yeah. landed on Mr. Stanovich, the victim, was suing Lisa Blanger, who was yeah. a speaker in that episode, and claiming she had caused him harm. She never put that in there. She had no say over what was in there you know she had no copy uh, approval she had nothing so she's only responsible for what she herself said and they yeah. tried to sue her but they dropped all of that here about two weeks ago um their their suit and it was the attorney who came after her his suit and everybody he was working with dropped with prejudice meaning you couldn't go back after them for having done this to her but with her they dropped hers this was at his assistance it was dismissed with prejudice and i told her i said meaning they're leaving the door open to come after you again and then what they did was they turned around and sued the producer of jigsaw productions uh, for damages and defamations so i'm sure she's going to get sucked into that but as a result of all of her work, of course, they're trying to give her a two-year sanction out there in Massachusetts for blowing the whistle <laughs> on her dad's case. And yeah. this woman has proven so much fraud on the court by these attorneys and guardians lying to the court. Of course, the court knows. And yeah. all they did was <laughs> circle the wagons and went after her. And yeah, the only way they can right. The only way they can shut you up is to penalize. I've been sanctioned as well for blowing the whistle as well. Oh yeah, I was yep. uh, sanctioned ten over ten thousand dollars for being a little bit of a, a whistleblower with fraud, and um, and this is how they operate. And I'm even being yes. I was even threatened um, just uh, a couple of weeks ago. I got a letter in the mail from the court, an order rather saying if I attempt to appeal something that I was being threatened, like uh, cautioned, they were, they use their careful language, not threatened, yes. cautioned, cautioned about facing financial sanction, you know, and this is how they, this is, uh, you know, the bully tactics, bully tactics. Yes, to, and to sanctions with money up. attached mm-hmm. to them is nothing more than yes. extortion. It's, yeah. it's coercion and extortion, but they're they're telling you up front that if you say anything else, you do anything else, you you appeal or you do anything, they are going to extort you for X amount of yeah. dollars. And yeah. uh, this is this whole thing is such a racket from one end to the other. And I firmly believe, and I've said this many times, I'm going to say it again: the bar associations need to be disbanded. They need to be yeah. made illegal. They yes. are a threat not only to our country but to our judicial system. 
there is nothing left of our judicial system. But you know what I've seen happening, Elaine? Um, We've got various states that are striking down this immunity doctrine, not only for police, but for judges also. Uh, oh really? The, the not here. It yeah. <laughs> not yeah. here yet. Well, the didn't get the Pennsylvania. Yeah. The yeah. Constitution yeah. says the law will be applied equally. It does not say if you're wearing a badge and a uniform, you can execute people in the street, no penalty. It does not say if you're wearing a black robe, you can avoid the law, misinterpret the law intentionally. Um, you can you can do all sorts of illegal, unconstitutional things in that courtroom but you can't touch me because i have judicial immunity and the thing but about okay. judicial but Marty, that's, that's all it's really not really exactly true this is what they have us believing but if you read it carefully the judges are really only by textbook they're really only immune uh within the boundaries of the law so if the judge is not following the law truthfully they're not covered with immunity uh, they're, they're certainly not covered with immunity outside the courtroom either, but they have everybody believing that they have absolute, they call it absolute immunity, and it's really not true. If you dig through enough case law, uh, you you would find it, and you'll see all sorts of cases, And but you know what? You need to have somebody really fight for you to uh, prove it, or, you know, and most people can't, most times when people try to uh, file a suit against the judge, it's automatically thrown out, uh, alleging that they have immunity. But go on, I didn't mean to interrupt you. (laughs) Oh, no, that's all right. The thing is, this was something they came up with themselves. This was never brought up by the legislators, you know, in, in the House of Reps and then to the senator and then to the president. They determined this all on their own and said, you can't sue us. You can. We have immunity. You can't touch us. And one of the excuses I heard for this was, well, if we don't let them have immunity, they might be afraid to hand down certain rulings. Well, excuse me. If you're afraid to hand down certain rulings, maybe you better look at that ruling and make sure it's lawful. That's the only reason I could. If you are knowingly voiding the law and doing something that is illegal, I would be afraid too. Yeah. But this was just basically an open door. Um, but like I say, we're we're seeing a movement away from this because it is grossly unfair for one thing, and it is protectionism at the very worst. And like I say, it was something they came up with themselves. It wasn't like something that ever got voted on and passed in front of the president. That never happened. But you cannot just arbitrarily give yourself immunity. And the same with police. Uh, There are several states now that are writing laws, passing laws, striking down immunity. Um, You don't have immunity. You pull that gun out and blow somebody away over a broken taillight, see ya. Um, There's too many instances of this. And, of course, the George Floyd uh, trial going on now up in the Twin Cities. And... um, that whole place is on edge. If they come away and try to acquit that man after the evidence, yeah. the evidence alone, this was cold-blooded murder. And the casualness with which he did this, looking like, you know, what's your problem? I'm killing a black guy. So what? Mm-hmm. I mean, his whole attitude was, 
and people wonder why it came apart up there. That's why. Callousness, yeah. the cold-heartedness of what happened. Yeah. And people screaming, let him up, let him up, he can't breathe, you know, and he's telling them, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, foam's coming out of his mouth. That's yeah. a good sign you've got that guy. And what I don't they had understand. Him duty, Lane. They had I don't understand. Was down on Why his face he, with his hands. Go ahead. What I don't understand is when he, I saw that video, well, only what they showed on TV, okay, short clip. He said he couldn't breathe, and that's why they took him out of the car and put him on the ground. What I don't understand is why did they not call an ambulance right away at that point? Yes. You know what I'm saying? If somebody is saying they're sick and if he admitted he took drugs, I don't understand why they didn't have an ambulance moving there ASAP, you know? He, He never admitted he used drugs to try and cover up what they did, this murder. They said it appeared he had a white substance in his mouth that was fentanyl. There was They had no way of knowing that, and we see no evidence that this was actually even true. They said, well, they stopped him because he passed a counterfeit 20 bill at a convenience store. How many of us are walking around with counterfeit $20 bills and we don't know it? <laughs> Why do you think they hold it up to the light and scribble on it with that yeah. special pen? You don't know. You have no way of knowing. So why would you go after this man with such force if that in fact was the reason but it turned out he and Chauvin uh, both worked at this same it was like a nightclub as I understand it and apparently they'd had several altercations over uh, a few years over the way Chauvin treated black people this guy is a stone-cold racist to the bone Mm -hmm. and this was his opportunity to do something he wanted to do anyway which was to kill a black man and that's my opinion I'm speaking for me there but that's exactly what happened. And um, and then they wondered why people went berserk behind this. I mean, how many people have to die at the hands of law enforcement? And when did they yeah. become law mm-hmm. enforcement instead of peace officers? Elaine, I can mm-hmm. remember when I was a kid, every little boy wanted to grow up and be a cop or a fireman. Yeah. Yes. Every one of them. And. But you ask kids now, you know, if you were in trouble, would you call the police? No, they'll no. kill you. Yeah. You know, it's, no. it's like, oh, man, this has gone wrong. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a it, – just waiting, it's a powder keg. And if they try to acquit that man, I just cannot even – I cannot even imagine, you know, what would happen. Of course, even if they don't, if they convict him, he goes to prison. He will not go to – well, it's called the Stone uh, Greystone Castle up at Stillwater, Minnesota, the prison, and mm-hmm. he won't go there. If he does, it'll be in a special section, much more like a country club. But he'll never be put in the general population. He wouldn't last five minutes. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and he's special anyway, you know. And But anyway, this stuff just <laughs> drives me berserk. <laughs> it just does. Oh, and all that's just... going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's a different yep. world, you know. Uh, when I was a kid, this were these all these things you hear today. It's every day on a regular basis, one horrible thing after the next. I just don't remember yes. this type of. I used to watch the news when I was a kid. My parents had the news on at dinner time. I never heard mm-hmm. all this yes. craziness every no. day. Every well, day. we don't get news anymore. Uh, we get scripted well, information. And True. I've talked about this many times since 1954 when TV, so they first realized that TV sets 
could be possible in everybody's home and that people were absolutely pinned to them. Since 1954, under a program called Operation Mockingbird, which is still operational, fully half of the employees of every major cable station are CIA. And their job is to make sure you get only the news they want you to know the way they want you to know it. And they write scripts. And I've talked about this before to John Stewart, who had The Daily Show, caught on to this. And he overlaid the broadcast from four cable stations about the same topic. And they're all reading the same script. They're all breaking at the same pace, giggling, picking back up. And it freaked everybody out. And, of course, shortly after that, John Stewart didn't have a show anymore. (laughs) But that aside, uh, (laughs) he's lucky he didn't commit suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head uh, or hanging himself from a doorknob, you know, something you would really believe. Uh, It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. And it's. Um, but every day I make it a point not to listen to any of this mainstream stuff because it's just bogus. It's BS from one end to the other. Um, it is there to terrorize the public and how anybody could take a paycheck and know that what is coming out of their mouth is frightening people, is causing unrest. It's, it's causing harm to the public. I, I just yeah, don't. Mo- they, don't what do they call it? fear mongering? Fear mongering, yes. and then um, partly, yes. uh, you know, uh, you know, br- you know, brainwashing people to get them to believe certain things are are true that may not, you know, that are likely untrue. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, yeah, I it is. And they're the ones pushing this COVID nonsense. And uh, I personally, I don't know what your opinion is, but I personally think. Fauci and Gates need to be in prison well, for that, crimes uh, against humanity. Sent, so, Marty, somebody yeah, sent me a video, um, and it's uh, it it shows stuff. Now, I don't I I don't want to be held accountable for exact stuff, but the details. But I thought that this I thought Fauci was involved. Now I may not have it exactly correct here. I thought uh, this has been going on for like I don't know twenty years. There was this yes. um, stock, a stock board, and they or, or, I'm sorry, they had patents on some of this stuff uh, with this COVID. And the whole thing was like yep. kind of like planned. That's my understanding of yes. it. They showed people someone talking, showing uh, some not the factory, I don't know, a laboratory, uh, incorporated papers, you know. Mm-hmm. And he keeps changing his story, so it's not, it's really oh, yeah. looking bad. <laughs> it's not looking good. Yeah. Well, you remember, yeah. you remember the Ebola panic over in West Africa. I remember, hey, I remember all of well, them. I remember the West yeah. Nile, the Ebola, well, the, the yeah. bird flu. Remember Ebola. bird flu? <laughs> oh, yes, but Ebola was lab created and it was patented. And the patent oh. still stands by George Bush Sr. And the FDA. And Ebola was not present in West Africa until they took it over there. And they started telling people what had happened was the diamond miners had gone on strike. And they refused to go back to work. They were actually dropping dead in their tracks from exhaustion. They were getting paid little to nothing, 18-hour days, seven days a week. And they said, enough, things have to change. So they went on strike. Well, we can't have that. And so they tried everything like shooting them and, 
you know, hanging them and doing all kinds of mm. stuff, and they still go back to work. And so they started bringing in people they had abducted from other places and forcing them to work the mines. <laughs> and, of course, this made the, the people there in West Africa quite upset. So what did we do? We said, they've got Ebola. It's a new uh, epidemic, and it's a hemorrhagic fever. And they're mm-hmm. bleeding to death, so we have to go help them. Now, did we send the Red Cross? No. <laughs> did we send Doctors Without Borders? No. We sent the military. Mm-hmm. And they started vaccinating people against Ebola. And they had to quit when people realized the only people contracting Ebola had gotten the vaccine. Oh. That's when they pulled up stakes and left. And this was another this was another attempt to get a global pandemic going. I remember William Thompson when he was still head of the CDC during that period, and they said uh, we're talking about blocking all flights from West Africa. And he said his statement was, "We can't do that." He said, "Just to protect Americans, that's not fair." And I thought, what, what, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, but they, they, that was an attempt to get this brought here. Um, they were trying to get this thing to take off and be a pandemic. It didn't fly. People, their bodies didn't respond the way they thought they would. But, you know, when you look at this whole history, and this is not a vaccine, people need to understand this. They call it a vaccine to slide it in under the immunity uh, from prosecution for harming or killing people. Um, so they called it a vaccine. It is not a vaccine. They've admitted this. It is not an actual vaccine. This is going to implant a RNA something or other in your body that is going to spread like a virus, but it will make you interoperable if you survive it with artificial intelligence, your computer, your phone, and everything. Um, but it is gene therapy. They are altering our DNA. That is exactly what they are doing. You know something, Elaine, I've said for years. Yeah. Um, there is only, whether anybody likes it or not, uh, Bible thumpers will jump on this one. There is only one and a half to four percent difference between us and great apes. Don't tell <laughs> me we ain't related man standing over there that looks like a big baboon come on that's your uncle you know damn well where you came from (laughs) and but if that's all it is to differentiate and that manifests itself in walking upright the hairless body the larynx so he could speak instead of grunting things like that all right now with these vaccines they've been pumping these kids full of for years they're full of the dna from God knows what, chickens, monkeys, dogs, pigs, whatever ran through the lab, plus aborted fetal cells is in every childhood vaccine up to the age of five. So Mm. not only is your child getting the DNA of several other children that were aborted, but also the DNA of non-related species. Now, when this enters your body, your little child's body, what it does is it seeks out the DNA in their body and attaches itself, and it creates what's called a mutational hotspot. And they don't know how that's going to express itself. They have to wait and see. And a lot of times, you don't see till the next generation. 
exactly Mm -hmm. what this is going to do. But now after your fully vaccinated child and my fully vaccinated child grow up and they try to have a baby if they even can because we're sterilizing people at the rate of sound of light. But anyway, Mm -hmm. and they have a child. Your your child's DNA has been altered. Their child's DNA has been altered. They have this offspring. What if it's DNA, that 100% mark, as a result of all the stuff that they were filled up with and the attaching to their DNA? If they don't read it, will they be declared to be subhuman? Oh, I don't know, but I can tell you, I know one thing is that about 20, was about 25 years ago or something, it was really interesting, not that it's as bad as some of this, but how many kids have the peanut allergies when all of us grew up on peanut butter and jelly? And, you know, I remember discussing this with my uh, children's pediatrician. I said, kids aren't just becoming allergic. There must be something, either the way they're growing it or something, something has happened across the board so that a lot of kids uh, were sensitive to that. And all of a sudden we have, you know, a huge amount of people with peanut allergies. I guess it is life and death for some people if you're real highly allergic, you know, slightly allergic. Some people, you know, can have food products, you know, food products with some peanut in there, but they can't actually eat peanuts. Other people, they can't even smell a peanut without having to get the yeah. EpiPen. So, I mean, I think that that has some, there has to be something, you know, in biology somewhere with yeah. biomedical engineering that caused that to happen. I don't know what it was, well, but it, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the thing, too. You look at these kids who have had all these vaccines, and all of a sudden they've got chronic ear infection. And they get older, and they might have ADHD, Asperger's syndrome. We've got one kid at yeah. 48 now with with autism. Mm-hmm. And if you, I don't know how much more damage, you know, we've raised two generations now of damaged children from these vaccines. Vaccines have never, other than when they manipulated the information, never prevented a disease. They have, in many cases, caused it. Um, Here two years ago, they started forcing everybody going into colleges and universities that, and these schools got government funding. So they said, well, if you want to keep your funding, then everybody has to be vaccinated. So they vaccinated this whole dorm. And the whole place came down. This was at Harvard. The whole place came down with mumps. And like it took a bunch of them out, but it wasn't the wild virus. It was the vaccine-induced virus. Whole different story, far more virulent and far more transmissible. And so anyway, they had to quarantine all of them. Uh, They talk about, well, we don't have measles anymore. Oh, yeah, we do. It's just that uh, parents have figured out that these childhood diseases actually strengthen your immune system. They occur for a reason. And it strengthens that child's immune system. And they said, oh, we stopped measles dead in its tracks. No, because of your measles vaccine, we had over 300 children in one year drop dead from the vaccine. We had Mm -hmm. 12 children die of natural measles. And that was usually because there was a lack of care, nutrition, whatever. 
But it's all right. Uh, The attitude that the government has, the FDA has, uh, CDC has about vaccines is, so what if it kills a 1,000 people? We saved 5,000. Wasn't it worth it? No. No, you shouldn't have lost the first. Right. Well, I don't know how, yeah, I don't know how many kids actually are dying versus how many get the disease. I, I don't know. I don't know the statistics. You may know it if you studied. I don't know. Uh, I was lucky that my kids didn't seem to get be affected, uh, although one of my kids had the chickenpox vaccine and seemed to have oh. gotten sick, and she got sick from it uh, not long after that, and it was kind of persistent, too. It's not like she just got yeah. the chicken pox like a week or two. It sort of like lingered. You know, it like, uh-huh. it wouldn't, it, it was for a long time. And I thought, this is strange. I mean, she, and yeah. she was okay. But, you know, I thought, gee, I thought the whole point was that they're not supposed to suffer with these yeah. symptoms. And, oh, know, they've had to um, change that. Sweetie, they've had to change that now. It doesn't mean you won't get the measles. They just won't be as bad. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Then why'd I take the shot? But, you know, I can remember as kids, too, we had whooping cough, all five of us at the same time. We had whooping yeah. cough, pertussis, they call it. Yeah. We had the measles. We had the mumps. We had the chicken pox. And, you know, we kept right. I can remember playing with chicken pox all over me. But this is this is what I'm saying. These things were supposed to happen, um, but they were dying out of their own due to good, better nutrition, sanitation, just more knowledge about how things were transmitted. They were dying out on the polio was almost non-existent, and it still uh-huh. is almost a, a wild virus. But pa- vaccine-induced polio is tearing northern Africa apart, and of course over in India. They had, Bill Gates had one of his wonderful vaccine programs going on there, and they were going Uh village to village, and they were uh, inoculating these kids against polio. Some of them got five hits of this polio vaccine. After Mm -hmm. 50,000 children, was it 50? No, it was half a million kids, either dead or permanently crippled from this vaccine. They quit driving around to all these places to offer it because the villagers would run out and kill them. And yeah. now they're suing the Gates, India suing the Gates Foundation. And you go up into northern Africa where vaccine-induced polio, they call it acute myelitis paralysis. It's polio, uh, fool. Yeah. And <laughs> so they, they went up there, and here last year they – gave an unnecessary tetanus vaccine. Now, tetanus, the infection that causes tetanus, actually comes from a bacteria out of a horse's intestines. I don't know that there are any horses in northern Africa. There may be, but I think it's elephants and that kind of thing. Personally, I've never heard any reports of African horses, but that's just me. But anyway, so they gave this unnecessary tetanus shot. It was laced with a hormone that sterilized them. And they oh. sterilized half a million 
North African girls mostly, some boys, but girls with this unnecessary vaccine before somebody caught on to what they were doing. And this isn't the first time we've done it. In 1954 in the Philippines, they were testing out a vaccine with a hormone inhibitor in it that prevented conception from taking place. And they gave Mm. everybody a free shot of whatever. And wasn't that wonderful until a few years later somebody noticed that the birth rate had dropped precipitously. And they didn't know why. They finally trace it back to this vaccine, find out what's in it. And, of course, we had to pay them reparations. Jump forward to 2001. We did the same thing to them again. Sterilized, I don't know how many uh, in the Philippines. We don't want them having kids. Africa, I am scared to death for Africa. For one thing, China is moving in. and But they have been just a testing ground for vaccines, medications, this, that, and something else. And every baby, I don't know if you knew this or not, but every baby born in Africa presumed, assumed to have AIDS. And they are started on AIDS medication immediately. And most of them don't survive it. Gosh darn it. And um, this thing they're doing with these vaccines, you know, they sell it to the public as if it's this wonderful thing that's going to save lives and it's going to stop illness and sickness. And isn't this your kids won't be tormented with this? Take that varicella vaccine for if you had chicken pox, you could shingles. You've got the virus in you. What they don't tell yeah. you is the way the only that virus could become active is if you're deficient in vitamin A. But hey, never mind that. Take this vaccine. And so people were lining up because they didn't want the shingles and they got the varicella vaccine and a huge number of them broke out in the most god awful breakouts of yeah. shingles. A hundred wow. times worse than normal shingles would be and it's showing up in places usually it's in dark warm places like under your clothes or something Mm -hmm. like oh heck no this was showing up in peaceful spaces getting in their eyes it's down their Mm -hmm. back it it's just terrible and they finally they didn't pull it but they quit pushing it but it's like that pertussis thing they had going here a few years ago out in california and they'd show the lady on the TV holding her baby and the announcer says, without knowing it, you could give your precious child pertussis. Yeah. Oh, well, let me get this vaccine. And it well, caused one of the, the biggest mil- epi- How about the military? They're, they're saying a lot of military don't want to even get that COVID vaccine. They're declining. Yeah, they said 40% of Marines have said they are not taking it. Yeah, uh, that's I don't know how that's going to fly. Uh, yeah, because, because they have you know, no right to make their determination. Yeah. Um, their government issued property. Once they sign that contract to enlist, they have expatriated themselves. And so I keep telling people, read that. It's a contract. Read it. Yeah. Once you sign up for the service, you have expatriated yourself, meaning you forfeited mm-hmm. your citizenship for the duration of your service. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's Now you are, and this is where the term GI came from, government-issued property. And you have cannot claim the Constitution or any privileges and rights included in it. This is why if you commit a crime or they think you have, you go into a military tribunal 
which makes up its own laws, statutes, and regulations, and you're subject to that. And um, they don't care if you, you've got rights somewhere else. But uh, yeah. they, you mm-hmm. know, one friend of mine, when I said, why did you take this vaccine? We were ordered to. We had to do it. And this this isn't right. Do you remember the flu epidemic in 2010? Well, they were trying to make it an epidemic. And they were, you know, they targeted the elderly and pregnant women. And you are especially vulnerable to this deadly form of the flu. Get your vaccine. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation earlier today. They, It's called word art. And they keep using the word efficacy. And you think right. it means the same thing as efficiency. It doesn't. <laughs> efficacy means we took a control group of maybe 100 people who have just stellar medical histories. And we shot them full of this crap. And only four or five of them either dropped over dead or got sick from it. So we have a <laughs> 94 to 95% efficacy meaning it it did what we said it would do efficiency is the what they won't tell you efficiency is when you apply it broadly to the population without any filters right yes what the efficiency is four to five percent the other 95 percent so got sick or dropped over dead this is how they do but they went after the elderly and pregnant women we saw the elderly dropping like flies from this vaccine and an increase of 2,300%, according to the CDC, in miscarriages after this vaccine. I'd say yeah. mission accomplished. Um, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, you're taking, there's no way I'm letting anybody shoot something in my arm and I don't know what's in it. And, uh, yeah. or why? It's really, what are you it's really scary. With? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I think I'll be in the back of the line with cause, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you it's go. really scary. Oh. You know, it's really scary, yeah. especially if you happen to be a person and you happen to be the one that gets sick. And if you don't have anyone to take care, it's bad enough when you have people taking care of you. If you don't have someone there to yeah. take care of you, you're just you might you know goodbye. You know. Yeah. Um, there you go. There you yeah, go. Well, um, we've talked about this about too much, but anyway, uh, people yeah. just stay away from those vaccines. That's my advice. That's my personal opinion. They're not going to do anything for you but mess you up, and uh, you're not going to be protected from anything. And now they're talking two, three, and four booster shots. Apparently, the money's not rolling yeah. in fast enough. And yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Now it's a third. Now, now they're saying a third, a third one. Plus, not to mention that one company that they had a pause giving out the one vaccine from the one close in the blood clots. Uh, yeah, you know, that's like, AstraZeneca and J and J. Yeah, I yep. mean, I, <laughs> I mean, yep. I was just at the doctor about a week ago, and and the doctor said to me, "Oh, well, if um." Now, my doctor did not pressure me. She said, you know, it's available, you know. Um, But Mm -hmm. she told me, oh, well, this one and that one is fine. And then right after uh, she tells me that, you know, within days, they're saying that one of them she mentioned uh, is, you know, a problem. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, <laughs> and I don't know what well, they're injecting. You know, when you see something that, you know, when you see celebrity type people, I'm going to just use the word celebrity or famous people, political people. Well, how do I know they're really getting the vaccine? Maybe they're shooting some water. (laughs) Do we really know, you know, they put on a show. Especially when you see politicians supposedly and Fauci, when Fauci supposedly got his vaccine on TV a few minutes later in his conversation. He forgot which arm he got it in and said the other one was a little bit painful. And uh, why anybody's listening to this lunatic, I don't know. But anyway, um, it's just, I I don't recommend it. And all of this has been done for a specific reason. They are taking us apart as a country, and they're doing it globally. But as a country, they are taking us apart. And I think one of the most astute observations I have seen recently was someone posed the question, create a vaccine to deal with the virus, or did they create a virus yeah. to to bring on these vaccines? Well, uh, if you look at I, the uh, paperwork, it looks, that looks like the one, <laughs> according to the paperwork. Yeah. The incorporation, yeah. the, the patents, it looks like the virus was... Well, that's pretty out there now in some of the uh, certain news channels. They're saying they got proof this is lab-created or, or modified, engineered, however you want to put it. Dual uh, purpose. You know. mm-hmm. Dual purpose means we can use this to make a vaccine that might help somebody. Not likely. Or we can weaponize this and wipe the whole damn town out. That's Dual right. Dual purpose. I see it. Yeah, uh, yeah, a weapon. Yeah, germ warfare against our own people. Against their own people. It was bad enough with the guys in the service. Remember Agent Orange and all those terrible things Mm -hmm. when guys went in the service. They, you know, they were Mm -hmm. at war and they come back with a problem. And now Mm -hmm. it seems that you know this stuff can be used against just ordinary people and. You know, we don't have necessarily any proof of it, but it looks quite suspicious. After all, I I like to know what germ has been floating around. This is the year 2021, okay? We're not – people weren't just born uh, a couple years ago. And how come it is that this COVID's been floating around for all this time? Look at all the other germs out there. Are they floating constantly? Constantly? Mm -hmm. I mean – you know, like you have a flu. The flu, you get flu season in the winter. Yeah, sometimes a few people might get a flu in the warm weathers, but basically it's a season, you know. It comes, it yeah. goes, it's over with. And this just never goes, um, unless you're shopping in certain stores, it doesn't exist in certain stores. We already, everybody yep. knows that. <laughs> yeah, like Walmart. So they could have <laughs> uh, opened up or schools should have rented space space in some of those big box stores. <laughs> they could have had school all year long in the back of Home Depot or, or Walmart or Target or, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> and there the kids you go. never would have had, yeah, they, why, why lose school since you can't get the COVID in, in those stores. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I had to laugh when I went into Walmart after all this crap started. And the thing is, um, 
I go in there, and they've got arrows pointing which way to go down the aisle. And I fell out yeah. laughing. I was with my granddaughter. And she said, what are you laughing at? I said, that is one smart virus. It can read directions. Yeah. That's and right. I said, if we That's walk right. on this side, we won't get the virus. And if we walk on that side going that way, we won't get the virus. But if we go down the middle, I think we could. And yeah. <laughs> you just, you know, just this. And I refuse, refuse, refuse to put on a mask. I will not oh. do it. And I see more and more people throwing that crap down, realizing. And Fauci himself, March of 2020, said right on TV, uh, masks are of no use. People think they'll help, but they won't. But now it's put on two of them. And um, (laughs) enough about the virus. Uh, We have got to get to our topic for tonight, which was. Okay, yeah. You wanted to bring up the Baratree, the Baratree with all those, uh, you know, all those criminal, uh, this, the uh, guardianship syndicate enterprise. <laughs> right, and, there you uh, go. All those wow, robber bands. All the robber bands. that's what they that's are. They are. Uh, yep. I, I call them a pack of animals, but I don't even, I don't want to insult animals. <laughs> there you they're go. Just, they're, well, they're just, and it's a, yeah. one of the things, too, is, is what we call personage. And this is what yeah. happens in probate court. When that attorney and that guardian walks out of there after they've done their dirty deed, the guardian is now, along with the attorney, committing personage. They are presenting themselves as someone else. And I've tried and tried to get this across to people about probate. This is identity theft. It's nothing less than identity theft. Your identity is taken from you. You can't use your own name to conduct business, to conduct your own affairs, to make decisions about your life, to access your assets. You have had your identity taken from you, and someone else is representing themselves as you. And they are accessing, yes, it's an impersonation. And it's well known to everyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and this is what they do. But one of the things that happens, and I just came across this recently, I was stunned, uh, it's called legal capacity. And um, it just, it's a human right. And uh, from what I read, it's a social and legal status accorded independent of a person's particular capabilities. Whether an individual has the cognitive ability to understand and appreciate consequences of her decisions, the traditional threat, which is the traditional threshold of the common law, is simply not determinative of whether she has legal capacity. Even if she does not possess those decision-making abilities, she cannot be stripped of her legal capacity. And But this is exactly what they do. Legal capacity is your existence. It's your persona. It's who you are. It's the mm-hmm. fact that you exist in this world. That's legal capacity, that you have rights, you have responsibilities, you have obligations, you exist as an identifiable human being. And they take this from you. They strip you. Uh, one of the things that I always found curious for years till I found out why was they would take everything away from an elderly person, every possible conceivable right they would take away, except the right mm-hmm. to vote. 
Well, if <laughs> you're so incapacitated, you can't pay your own bills. You can't decide where you want to live. You can't see your friends. You can't make your right. own decisions on medical care. But you can vote. Right. Uh, what's wrong with this picture? Well, I found yeah. out what was wrong. They take from the nursing homes, including dead people, and, and believe me, this is not a Democrat or Republican thing. They all do this. They mm-hmm. take everybody who's passed away. They take everybody who's under guardianship, and they cast votes in their name. But the way they do it is those names are, are all bundled and with all pertinent information, social security numbers, blah, blah, blah. And then they sell those bundles of names to either political party who eagerly snaps them up, and they cast the votes in these dead people's names and people under guardianship because they are have suffered a civil death. They are dead in the law, but they still physically exist. So they cast votes in there. That is, this is how dead people vote. You know, this is mm-hmm. all a backroom deal. And... <laughs> But it, your your right to exist is basically as who you are, and um, it commodifies you. It turns you into. Uh, we've seen that people called units, merchandise, and things. Um, you are objectified. Okay, they won't refer to you as a human being, as a living, breathing man or woman, and that's another person, a protected person can be a corporation, a tribunal. It can, it can be any yeah. number of things. And oh, incidentally, it might be, you know, a man or a woman. But it's all these other things are persons. Well, and they're taking away man and woman, too, you know. You're taking away yes. pronouns. Remember that one? So that's a new one. Yes. So now you're just going to be a number anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, but so... <laughs> You've got all this going on, and and we see these people doing this to others. And this this doesn't stop there. When they abduct them, the elderly, and put them into these warehouses they call nursing homes, they take away, in almost every instance, eyeglasses, hearing aids, dentures. They are not allowed to speak to anyone. They're not allowed to have any outside contact. This is human torture this is isolation and if you go to the un convention against torture this is number three on the list of the big no-nos don't do it psychologically to the human mind this is very damaging and it it we can see this in in what happens to these elderly people the way they wither and start they actually are in the process of dying uh from this lack of care lack of touch lack of you know know, interaction with them this this stuff didn't happen like with like with my family like my grandmother and my well it was my grandmother's um uh, you know when they were older they lived with family you know i Mm -hmm. mean and even my in-laws like the um the my father-in-law's father lived with them um you know the grandmom and the grandpa would move in with the you know, when they got see older, I mean, I know everybody doesn't have that option. And I know people fight in there amongst themselves. Gee, you know, family or family, you got to look out for each other, you know? you got to put these things aside. People are like sacrificing. Yeah. What you're sacrificing, you know? I mean, 
I just don't know how anyone could allow their family to be in some kind of facility now that we know all this happens. Yeah. We got to turn. Well, and what I don't understand, Elaine, is they they'll force people into these nursing homes, which will cost thousands and thousands of dollars a week, and yet they'll refuse to supply in-home care, which may be a few hundred dollars a day. Now, what's going on here? Because obviously what we think is going on isn't. But anyway, back to our topic. In addition to legal capacity, overriding all of this is legal status, which is the ability to hold rights that the state must recognize, and legal agency, which is the ability to have one's decisions recognized by the law. Uh, These are... These and legal capacity, your right to exercise the other two things, all of this is discarded in probate tribunal. And as I've said many times, these tribunals were erected for no other reason than to bypass the Constitution, your rights and privileges and protections under that document, and put you into an administrative tribunal that operates under statutes, codes, and regulations and doesn't pay any attention to the law most times. I don't know how many people have to be subject to this. You know that movie, Elaine, uh, I I Care a Lot, whatever the title of that was, really struck home. I couldn't hardly watch it. I got so mad. And at the end, I had to laugh because when he shot that woman, you could hear a collective cheer come up across the country. Yes, Uh, absolutely. How many families have absolutely entertained that thought after being drugged through the mud, tormented, tortured psychologically. You know, they really hit, they really, it was so true and so real how um, she played, uh, Rosamund Pike, how she played the cold-hearted, just a stone-cold-hearted person. That's how those people really are. I hope people out listening that is the way that most of these people really are in the court. That Well, uh, uh, right, yep. let me say my experience, my experience in the court system, most of the lawyers and I say all of the judges I ever had to go before and most of the lawyers, that is how they yep. are. They are. They have yep. no, they're missing a heart. They're, there's no conscience. They don't give a thought. Nope. It's, you're a number. It's business. It's the uh, uh, they're just churning bills, and you are an yep. account. You are nothing more yep. than account. And the laws, laws. If we all think, oh, the facts and the law, they're on my side. No, laws are a suggestion, and they're there for the convenience of the court when they pick and choose to use it. So you know, people yep. need to just perish, perish that thought of the law and the facts are there because. Nope. Right. Nope. Okay. And you know something, Marty? It's really. T- I mean, I know I've complained to you about this multiple times, and others as well. These, this is just the people. I, you, you said it as best as anyone. We're commodities. The guardianship. Yeah. They go after. They. I know of cases. They go after adult children. If you have a disabled child, you have to be very yeah. careful. But they control your kid. If they don't catch somebody with the guardianship with adult children. 
like if you have some special needs type of child who you can't afford to take care of and the state comes along, oh, well, we'll pay for them. Then they take them and you can't even see your own kid. Then they'll, if they don't get you that way, they'll catch you in the divorce court. They'll try to guardian you in the divorce court to sign away your assets. And um, they tried, I, I told you, they tried twice to put a guardianship on me. I'm holding down the fort, raising all my kids, taking care, I'm the whole yeah. manager for this entire to household, doing everything, in fact, having to be my own lawyer, yet they thought they were going to try and guardian me. They didn't get it. But then since they didn't get the guardianship, they didn't get no guardian on me. But what they did was uh, they just took away, they ordered away my constitutional rights to keep me out of court. And it's all, it all centers around the money. It's all to keep somebody, right. to separate them from their money. And then if they don't right. catch, if you are a person who's lucky to not have to encounter any type of like guardianship with, let's say, an adult child, which is probably a smaller percent, I'm guessing, but I don't know the statistics. And you don't encounter stuff through the family court, they're going to get you on the way out. They're not letting you there hit you that cough until they they want to clean you out. They'll get you, they'll get you on the way out. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to yep. sound cool, but yep. I don't mean yeah, I know guys, what you're saying, but they'll get you okay. when you're asleep or if they can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elaine, yeah. we've got a caller on here. Area code four three four. You're live and on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey, I'm Khalil. I'm calling from Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh huh. I um one of the things I noticed with society is um if you're disabled, you don't get the same rights, but you get you get the same punishment. And it's like, which is it? I mean, are you equal under the yeah. law or? Are you only equal when it, when the system says you're equal? Because you can go there to jail go. like anybody else, but then you don't yep. get the same rights as everybody else once you get to jail. <laughs> there you go. It, yeah, it, it, I, I understand. <laughs> go ahead, Elaine. Uh, well, I have I haven't encountered like the criminal end of it, but even in the civil court, oh yeah, they don't give people their rights, uh, the disability rights or anything like that, um, uh, unless you happen to be somebody fortunate to have like somebody advocating for you you know maybe you have some kind of uh legal aid who's looking out for you or or yet or if you can afford private counsel if you're on your own yeah they they use it against you yeah yeah but yet you're supposed to be you're supposed to be equal under the law that doesn't really make sense when the system does that well that's why we have the ada the americans with disability act because Yes, it's one thing to be equal under the law, but there are people whose existence has been compromised. And you cannot, like, you couldn't put somebody who's got a disability doing certain jobs, countering various things. Um, you you can't do that. And they had to, you, they have to provide accommodations for your disability. Whether they do or not, I think is highly unlikely. But they are supposed to provide accommodations for that. But the whole system is it's about making money, and it has come around full circle to where the best money-making opportunity out there is trafficking people. And, uh, yeah, and one of, whether it's in – go ahead. One of the things I, I found out from his, history is back in the old, early time, back when there was a lot of racism 
there was a lot of sexism towards women too. Like women couldn't be yep. police officers except except in the federal level. Mhm. And um, it's basically more lax now because you see a lot of minorities and women in in uh, jobs. But again, once again, you see more women and um, minorities in the federal level of policing than you do the, nat- the mm-hmm. local and state level. That's true. Well, women couldn't even own property until around 1920 in this country. Um, and they couldn't vote. They couldn't they had, vote either. <laughs> they couldn't vote <laughs> either, no. And they couldn't inherit property directly. They, a man, whether it was an attorney, their husband, a brother, an uncle, a man had to handle that because she just could not do it. And, of course, and many women were left penniless because of that. But, again, the right to vote. Uh, they leaned on the Constitution about men. All men are created equal unless, of course, you were a woman or you were a person of color. And you didn't count on either level of those last two, so you couldn't vote. And But somebody, a friend of mine, pointed out to me recently something I had never realized or knew, known, that the only people that were – Supposed to be voting were landowners. That's where you get standing for the court. Um, you have to have land, own land, mm-hmm. in order to have standing in a courtroom. I didn't know that. And um, but like women couldn't initiate any court uh, issues. They couldn't, you know, just like black people couldn't because they were only three fifths human or some right. such Dred nonsense. Dred, right, the Dred yeah. Scott. The famous Dred case. Scott, yeah. And by the way, and they're returning, uh, what I, Marty, what I call it, I'm calling it, they're rebranding it. It's a return of a rebranded dress. So it's not um, necessarily keeping people from a race out of court, but they're arbitrarily picking, and it's all financial-based again. It's, oh, wow. They want to keep you out of court. Uh, that's what they did, I, as I just said. They ordered me out of court. When I say order, they wrote an order taking away my constitutional due process rights, and then they're keeping me out of uh, the appeals court as well. So, and this is—I'm not the only one. There's other people they're doing this to. And you know what's really mm-hmm. a shame is that often uh, nobody pays attention, and then by the time people pay attention, it spreads so lo- so it it becomes so widespread you can't. Get it under control. You know, too many people yeah. end up losing their rights. So, um, but I will tell you, the ADA they uh, denied me ADA rights as well when I filed for uh, accommodations. I was denied. I went and filed a complaint against the person running the uh, proceeding, and they retaliated against me. And the DA's office wouldn't even bring charges anyway. Um, so. They're supposed to, um, you know, give you accommodations, but that's not always true. They do not. I mean, you know, handicap ramps, they usually, you know, that's commonplace where they have a ramp for people in a wheelchair. But try and get Mm -hmm. accommodations for other issues. Um, A lot of times they will not give it to you. Uh, They they are abusing it. A lot of people abuse that. That's should be complying. So, oh, sorry, sorry I wasn't that saying it. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the things I found out, I'm, I'm gonna let you finish. Sorry, I cut you off. I'm sorry, you said what? One of the things I found out is um, back in 
the ATF was the was an interesting agency because they were the ones that allowed women to be agents. They were like uh-huh. they had like one woman that was an agent in the ATF. And you know how ATF is, how if you see someone in a suit, a federal government suit, that's a federal police officer and they have like a gold key and they're wearing polarized sunglasses and, a, and have a glass that's uh-huh. usually ATF. You know about that? No. Um, but so they're an interesting agency because they, they were like the very few. They had like only one lady agent back in the 70s. And um, huh. most rest of them were men. I'm not surprised. And no offense to anybody, you want to mess things up, let men run it. I, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, And many of these people, you, you know, and just the fact that you have a disability, or maybe you've got dementia to some degree, now, we know dementia can get really, really ugly towards the end. But many people are said to have dementia that don't have it. And many people will exhibit uh, some symptoms of dementia when, in fact, they're actually severely deficient in vitamin B12, which will correct this in short order. They have trouble with memory and they'll get confused it's basically a shortage of B12. So the right thing to do would be to infuse them with vitamin B12, get them back on track, right? Oh, no, we're not doing that. They won't even check Mm -hmm. for a vitamin B12 deficiency. Nope, it's dementia. Mm -hmm. Because there's far more money in all those medications and the the surrounding medical expenses and whomever might else get into it just on one individual. It's it's far far too much money to waste it by administering a readily available and very common supplement that would correct it. And but we see this all the time. We have states now, Connecticut and Wyoming, that have passed laws making it okay uh to euthanize anybody with mental illness or dementia based on oh. whose criteria. This is absolutely terrifying. They can starve you to death. And that's what they recommend doing, starvation. Well, you know what scares me, Marty? You know what scares me? I I see it far worse. I'm looking at it. It's beyond that. Somebody just decides they want to exterminate you. I'm sorry to use that language, but that's the short of it. If somebody wants to get rid of you, they could just make an allegation and and put the works on you. I mean, put it's you in, beyond. In hospice. I'm they sorry, put you in that? hospice. Right. They put you in hospice. And then some mm-hmm. doctor, and it can be a doctor anywhere. It doesn't have to be the doctor treating you or whoever saw you. It can be a doctor over in Beetlejuice, Egypt. Can give call for futility of care without ever having seen you or wow. your medical file. Once well, they never do that. Well, once they do that, they call futility of care, then all medical treatment of any kind stops. They won't waste any more money on you. But under Obamacare, they reclassified food and water as medical treatment, not as a human right, not as a human necessity, but as medical treatment. 
what's the first thing they do under futility of care? They pull food and water. That's that's just awful. And they starve people to death. This is a very painful process. People can go weeks without food, but four days without water, your organs start shutting down. To keep them quiet, they come in and give what the hospice nurses lovingly call a ham sandwich. That's Haldol, Ativan, and morphine. And they keep upping the dose, upping the dose. The person becomes comatose, and they'll moan and groan because they are still sensing tremendous pain. And this Mm -hmm. is when the nurse, Nurse Ratchet, turns to the family and says, they're in pain. You don't want them to suffer, do you? Do you? Let's give them another shot, which is the kill shot. It's a massive, Mm -hmm. massive dose. And what it does is it starts shutting down the organs totally, and it attacks the lungs. It makes it impossible for them to breathe. The other thing they'll do is, well, let's see if we roll them up on their side to make them more comfortable. No, they aren't trying to make them more comfortable. Laying on their side like that compromises their lungs. So these people cannot draw a breath. And they'll start panting. And they'll start, maybe you take a long breath and then they'll pant some more as the morphine shuts their lungs down. And they are actually being smothered to death from the inside. called hastening death. Because we just don't want to waste any money on you. And um, this, is, this is just like uh, after Obamacare, we find out that when you turn 60, your, as, your medical care access is about 60% of what the rest of the population younger than 60 has access to. When you hit 70, only 20% is available to you. And no long-term, you know, catastrophic illness uh, conditions apply. You cannot, if you have cancer after the age of 70, they're not going to treat it unless they're contracted to one of the companies that develops chemotherapy and radiation, in which case, uh, you'll get a little bonus check from them but, mm-hmm. uh, for giving chemotherapy, which personally, there's no way you could give me chemotherapy. Absolutely no way. Or radiation. And there's a big lie about it. They say, oh, the radiation, like from an X-ray or CT scan, it dissipates in two to three days out of your body. Liar. Radiation never leaves your body. Never. Mm. It just keeps circulating. And... This builds up over your lifetime as you have CT scans, x-rays, this and that. That level of radiation builds up. What does radiation do? It causes cancer. So what do we do? We turn around, let's say a woman with breast cancer, we lop off her breasts. We start loading her with toxic chemicals so bad that her hair jumps off her head. She probably won't survive it. And then we shoot her full of radiation, which causes cancer. And they tell you, well, we've given her another five years to live. Yeah, in that shape, I think so. And yeah. um, but it's just, and I still ask the question. I've asked this of several male docs, telling me that testicular cancer and prostate cancer is virtually the same cancer as breast cancer, only it manifests itself in a men's vital organs there. So, and you keep telling me that if it can metastasize and travel quickly throughout the body, and you could be dead in a week. Yeah. Well, excuse me, if it's virtually the same, how come you don't remove a man's penis and testicles when you identify it? (laughs) What? 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 I said, 
Mm. Why don't you? You don't want to want him to die, do you? And do you shoot him yeah. full of radiation and chemotherapy after you removed it? But I said we're talking about women's breasts, aren't we? So, eh, what the hell? And I said, uh, and this one doctor said to me, "You've never had a mammogram." I said, "No, I have not." And what's your excuse for that? I said, "I'm not stupid." But I said, "I tell you what, I'll make you a deal." You go in there and put the family jewels between those two plates. We'll crush them. <laughs> and then we'll shoot oh, them full yeah. of radiation. And yeah. when you look like you're kissing out of a beaver's tail for the next week, if you still think this is a good idea, I'll go put my breasts in there. And, of course, yeah. he got insulted. The color went out of his face. I said, oh, we mentioned the family jewels. Whole nother story now, isn't it? And yeah. uh, he was angry. He said, he said, uh, maybe you better find another doctor. I said I was thinking exactly the same thing, and um, but this is we have this dual system, but we have another dual system, and that is the treatment of the elderly once they're captive in this system, or as this man is talking about, if they get, you know, caught in the prison system for whatever reasons, we have this dual policy. And we have this public statement about what we will do and what we won't do and how wonderful we are. But the reality of it is something else entirely. They don't obey the laws that are out there. Um, look at like in guardianship, Elaine. The statutes yeah. in virtually every state strictly prohibit isolation. Isolation. What is the first thing they do? They isolate. Yeah. Yeah. And... Nobody says a freaking word. Nobody says anything. Well, look what they did. Well, listen, look at this COVID. Wasn't the big thing with the COVID isolating us as well? I mean, we have yes. technology. To, we have technology to communicate, you know, computer, you know, internet and phones, but isolating each other from each other. They were even yep. telling people to isolate from their own family within their own house. <laughs> I yeah, mean, you no. know. Uh, that they know how dangerous isolation is. Uh, yes. The, they being, uh, if you want to call it professionals, the system, you know, government people, I guess. Exactly. They know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this is all, all of the, what they're doing to us, the mask wearing, the social distancing, all of this, this is all stuff that they worked on and developed over in Afghanistan and Iraq with prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. And they made them stay six feet apart. They had to wear masks on their face. They were not allowed to speak to each other. They were not allowed to touch each other. A huge number of them committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And what do we have here in this country? We have this tremendous spike in suicide. Yes. People, Especially this, children. This is not a and how about we go yes. children? They about children. I mean, not I don't not little little children, but like teenage kids. It's like mm-hmm. you never hear about all that, and all of a sudden, right. out of nowhere. Uh, with this lockdown, yep. you're you're living, and it's and they and I'm assuming it's the truth, but people living with their own kids in the house, and they have a kid who may have killed himself in the room next door to them, and that's right. crazy. This is this is ridiculous well, anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing about this is too, as human beings, we are herd animals, and it's very necessary for us to interact with and be touched by other human beings. Somebody pointed yeah. this out to me, a friend of mine, about uh, these manicure pedicure parlors, even in poor neighborhoods. Do you know why those are there? No, I don't. It's because the elderly 
need that touch, especially the feet and the lower legs, the hands and the forearm. There is a chemical reaction. I looked it up. There is a chemical reaction that occurs, uh, human being to human being. And it used to be in nursing homes, and I remember years ago I worked in a nursing home. We were required at least once every other day, every patient on our wing had to get a back rub, had to have lotion applied to their arms and legs, and this had to go on for at least 15 minutes. And it was about touch, human touch. And what happens when you don't have that? And, of course, the mask, um, this goes back to the slave trade days, and it was a sign that you are a slave, uh, that you weren't to be talked to, that they could not speak to you. Um, It was mask wearing. They came up with all kinds of face gear that, honest, some of it was so sadistic, I, I just can't believe it. But anyway, this is what the mask wearing is about. It is a symbol of submission and compliance and and it's you have to understand what it's about the social distancing the same thing this is a psyop this is them training us to, yeah to stay apart from each other to you know uh, not interact with one another I, you know one of the things i've talked about this before too some years ago up in minnesota we had an f5 tornado hit where we lived and is the town was just leveled. And but eleven thirty that night the lights came back on and that just shocked me. With all the devastation and damage around it, I could not believe the lights came back on. Being who I am, I couldn't let that go. So I got to digging around and I found under Homeland Security from two thousand and three where it was a national directive that in the event of a national disaster like you know, hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever, that it was imperative to get utilities, most especially electricity, reestablished as quickly as possible. Because if you don't, people are going to come out of their houses and start talking to one another. And this <laughs> could spell trouble. Yeah. So that's why your lights all come back on just lickety-split. Um, yeah. Communicating, you might set up the barbecue bill and and really get to know these people but all yeah. of this and, it, and going back to the elderly the, the isolation we know historically what isolation does we know yeah. the shock and trauma it causes elderly people to be ripped away from their families have their identity stolen from them all of their assets stolen from them and to be huh. treated like filth and yeah. at the end of your life have working your whole life and this is what I get, and we have a government that sits there. Elaine, in the last six weeks, I have been through so many government agencies dealing with the elderly and guardianship and all of this, the Senate Committee on Aging and this one on aging and that one on the elderly, and every one of them, including any bills that come out, never mentions these predatory guardians even in passing. It is all focused on family and community members who are doing the the cheating on guardianship. They never talk about these professional predators, never refer to them, never say a word about them, nothing. And this is coming out of government. They are syndicates. They're they're, uh, enterprises, uh, racketeering enterprises, and they're all people who are tied in with the court, 
the, tour, the court is rubber stamping it and allowing it to happen, and, and it's really tragic. It is horrible. It's just, I don't know what can be done. I thought, I thought um, a few weeks back, I thought it was going to actually get some attention uh, with the political, the, at the federal level, but I don't know what's going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, you remember I, I, well, I sent you an email, that you know, and I thought, yes. and I thought, I, I thought it was interesting that all of a sudden somebody's trying to bring to attention at the federal, you know, the legislative, uh-huh. and then all of a sudden something else causes, all of a sudden some bad stuff comes out about the legislature. Uh, I find that interesting is, that sometimes. Well, what it was is was that Gats was going to take it in front of the House or the Senate, yeah. one of the two. Right. And they immediately came out and said that he'd uh, been messing with some underage girl or something else. Right. And they've known but this nobody, for years, supposedly. Yeah, they've yeah, known so it for, for years, years, but they brought so it up. For years, yeah. right. But for years, nobody reported on it or, compare, or cared about yeah. it. Well, you know, I don't know the guy. I don't know what's true or not true, whether it is or yes. isn't true. Nobody brought it up. And then it seems like coincidental. All of a sudden, uh, when he's bringing attention to the guardianship stuff, all of a sudden, some dirt comes in. <laughs> and I, I just well, I, I see the, the pattern. You know, everything somebody they're, wants they to bring. They see each other constantly. They do mm-hmm. this constantly. They're constantly getting the dirt on the other one. And they sit on this stuff till it's advantageous for them to yeah. extort them with it or threaten them right. with it. And uh, But they, they they all got skeletons in the closet. Some of them have, right. you know, entire <laughs> in races stuck in their closet. Um, none of these people, it, they, there's too much power. There's too much greed. There's too much unaccountability. And the natural instinct, or maybe just the natural drive, is to run and do all the stuff you were told you couldn't do. But unfortunately, you're dealing you're you're a wolf in a pack of wolves. You're a vulture in a yeah. giant flock. And so they're constantly gathering information on each other uh, that to be used for leverage later on. And as long as you <laughs> toe the line and don't cause any trouble, why then we'll keep our mouths shut. But the minute you do. We're going to tell right. everybody on you, and this is exactly right. what happened to him. Yeah, yep. I know. That's the first thought that I had because I've seen this as a pattern where uh, every so often there might be some legislature who is interested in a particular change with something and uh, mm-hmm. aligns, you know, uh, supports it, and then out of the clear blue, something is exposed. And it could be something that had been going on or people knew about for a long time. Nobody did a thing about yep. it until until they decided they're gonna they they don't like what the person's supporting and they're gonna discredit yep. them and so, yeah. I don't know, that yeah. seems it's, but but I'll tell you I, something I else. If if that had anything to do with any you know, uh anything to do with this I'll tell you, it really uh, speaks volumes about how much the system knows how bad it is with this guardianship. You know, the the it's got to be billions being stolen from yes. through guardianship. You know, like all the political yep. people, they know it just like they know what's going on with the other, you know, the family courts and other types of matters. They just 
cover it up because there's too much money in it. They're industries that are too lucrative. Are you to, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look at you look at mm-hmm. where their campaign contributions are coming from. Many yeah. times, uh, if they become active on these topics at all, you see the contributions suddenly start piling up from the bar association, elder law attorneys, adult protective services, uh, this agency, yeah. that agency. You know, people donating, um, like, you know, tap, tap, we're here, and, uh, you know, we're the ones paying you. And I brought this up to a, a state senator one time, and I said, I said, we have no voice. Well, of course you do. I said, no, we don't, because we don't have tens of thousands of dollars yeah. to contribute to you. And as long as we don't, you don't give a damn what we have to say about anything. Yeah. And he couldn't deny it. He stood there, his face got all red. And uh, but he couldn't deny it. But Elaine, we're down to about five minutes here. Uh, shock. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> we got show. way off track here. Got way right. off track here. We did okay. But um, and, yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Uh, like I say, we're down at the end here, and I want to thank you for co-hosting tonight. I hope Kaz gets a chance to listen to the show, and I hope she's having a good time. And uh, yeah. Uh, I'll penalize her later. <laughs> but anyway, oh, man. <laughs> it just, uh, I, I, I love doing shows with her, but you're good too, boy. And um, anyway, we will be back. Uh, let's see. This is Friday, Sunday night. Tanya talks. Um, she's mm-hmm. going after the prison system there in Oklahoma, and they're going to be talking about the lot in four. These are four young men, or who were young at the time, who got sent to prison and the charges were bogus mm-hmm. and they still cannot get out. Um, they've admitted they know it, it, it was trumped up, but they still won't let these men go. Mm. I, God, how did we get here? But anyway, um, and the next Friday night here on In the Mix, Dr. Riser will be back. And he's with No Fake News. And uh, mm-hmm. visit that website. So he's got some good stuff going on there. But we will be talking about these vaccines and the effect on the elderly. And the other thing is they're starting to target our veterans with this. Um, They said, yeah, with all their other problems like PTSD and physical problems they have from tours of duty and all of this stuff, that, yeah, these vaccines might adversely affect them. But, you know, on the other side, uh, look at the bright side. We could we we could look at this as a cost-saving measure. In other words, if we vaccinate them and they die, that's money we don't oh. have to pay out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, for your veterans, you you know, people keep keep an eyeball on them and stay away from those vaccines. They're not vaccines. Yeah. They've admitted that. And we're going to go ahead and cut this, Elaine. Thank you so much for coming oh, on. I was so happy to help fill in. Give me a call anytime and. Gee, Marty, uh, anything new comes up, you know, I'll let you know. Yeah. But okay. um, stay healthy, stay healthy, happy, and 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 my prayers are for all those poor people as we speak. God knows how many people are being tortured right now as we speak and have this show. I mean, it's yes. just awful. So it is. It is. I don't know what else to all say. Right. And just, then, all right. Yeah. And a reminder again, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed 
and the Whistleblower Summit, an annual event in Washington, D.C., this year, July 29th through 31st, and that will be by video, of course, because of the fake virus. I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing, but we'll talk about it. Anyway, we talk about everything. Everybody, thanks for tuning in, and um, we'll be talking more about this as time goes on about all of this. So please tune in again, and we'll be back next Friday night. Thank you, everyone, and good night. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye.